Disrupt Radio, the sound of Australian entrepreneurial spirit. Self-improvement comes at a cost, physically, financially, but crucially mentally. How do you stay sane? Maybe you own a business or an entrepreneur or simply want to improve yourself. Are you overloaded, overwhelmed and just over it? On Soul Trader, you'll hear from individuals who have achieved huge things in life, how they keep it together, and how they survive the struggle to success. Hi, I'm Nick Brax, and this is Soul Trader. Disrupt Radio. Facing both uncertainty and adversity is an inevitable part of any entrepreneurial journey. If you have the courage to face it head on, it will test you, shape you, and direct you to become a better version of yourself. Alternatively, if you run from uncertainty in attempt to avoid adversity, you'll likely stunt your growth in areas that would otherwise contribute to self-discovery and even self-actualization. Most successful entrepreneurs have come to this crossroad and whether by choice or by force, have stepped into uncertainty, overcoming adversity and have come out the other side with a story worth telling. From the outside, it's easy to assume external forces like genetics, luck, or some privilege is responsible for someone else's success. And although many of these aspects can influence someone's chance of success, the only true ingredient that distinguishes the successful from the unsuccessful is tenacity and willingness to persevere regardless of whatever obstacles or setbacks are thrown at them along the way. Success is not an end goal. Success is a mindset. And it's one that anyone can learn if they're willing to put in the work. Today's guest is a prime example of the type of tenacity it takes to become successful. And his story highlights that the journey to success is not linear. This is a story many entrepreneurs can relate to, and a story that most people from the outside never get the chance to see. Like going from nothing, chasing your dream, thinking that success is right around the corner, achieving that dream only for it to completely fall apart. Hitting that rock bottom, right back where you started. Now a single parent in your mid-30s living in a tiny apartment, struggling to pay the bills, believing the dream's over. What happened? What now? Can you start over? How do you even find the motivation? Tenacity. Resilience. The willingness to start over is the biggest factor that distinguishes the successful from the unsuccessful. Today I want to share a story with you about facing adversity head-on. French born with a passion for the culinary arts, today's guest immigrated to Australia where he quickly built a television and media career. Manu Fildel is a celebrity chef who's appeared on many television shows, most known for hosting My Kitchen Rules. He's also a successful entrepreneur and author. I met Manu 12 years ago when we both competed on Dancing with the Stars. In this interview, Manu goes deep into his personal psychology and discusses his relentless work ethic while discussing overcoming adversity, dealing with failure, following your own journey, and enjoying the process over the outcome. Soul Trader. Manu, thank you so much for coming. And do you remember how, how we first met, mate? Yes, we, we met on a set of Dancing with the Stars in 2011. Which you won, and I was probably one of the worst dancers in the history of that show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you've, you had a, a great muscly buddy, but a very, very uh, kind of stiff as well, I thought. <laughs> that's the pro- very that, rigid. That's yeah. the problem when you've got muscles, sometimes you can move. <laughs> so before we get into it, um, are you able to, just a bit of a brief background, just uh, on uh, where you've come from, uh, how, you, how you basically wound up where you are now? 
Sure. I'm, I'm born in France. Went to London when I was 18. Uh, I was in England for eight years. Uh, by the age of 26, I decided to come to Australia. And about four or five years after that, uh, I got a little gig on TV called uh, Ready, Steady, Cook. And from that, uh, I got the big gig uh, on uh, My Kitchen Rules and so on. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I've been here just over 20 years now. Um, and I've been loving any, every minute of it. Uh, at 15 years old, uh, my teachers, you know, told my parents that it would be better if I kind of start this type of apprenticeship. Uh, that school wasn't really for me. I wasn't concentrating enough or listening to, uh, to, I wasn't interested basically. Um, and, uh, my mom went, well, you know, what are we going to do with you? And obviously the circus, it's, it's not something that happens just like that. You need to train for, for, for years before you're able to be looked at in, in, in a lot of ways. And my mom just said, my, my parents were divorced uh, and my dad uh, owned a, a small restaurant. So mom said, listen, I'll send you to your dad. Go and work there for a year and we'll take it from there. And to be honest with you, from me not really enjoying school to enter the professional life as a young man, I just loved working straight away. And it's funny, I'm not sure if my dad was a, an electrician or if it had been a plumber or, or whatever job, I would have joined that kind of work. But just, just working for me was was something that I, I enjoy straight away. And because I love food as well, it just made a lot of sense. And I, I, I loved, I, I just loved the fact that I'd found something that I could get my teeth into and, and enjoy and, 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 and struggle through it. But I also the, through the struggle, I could see the, the payoff. I was getting better on, on a weekly basis. And, you know, and I think that's, that's the thing that we, we as human beings, we always seem to be clear on the negative, but not clear on the positive of things. And always rely, always look at what we haven't done instead of what we have achieved, you know. When I left to go to London, I couldn't speak a word of English. I only had 300 pounds in my pocket. Uh, all, I knew, all I did was I had a, a, an interview and a job, and I did the same, I just, Head, head down, bum up, and worked my, my bollocks off, you know? And, um, yeah. and it was, again, it was tough because I couldn't speak the language and I didn't have any money to start with. And I was staying in, in bed seats and, you know, and all of that. I mean, you know, the apprenticeship of life after the apprenticeship of my job, you know, was, was very difficult. But again, it just makes you stronger. Absolutely. No, and so many amazing points that you've made in there that I think um, can really relate to a lot of the things that that we talk about on here and that can help a lot of people. And um, like you're saying, you know, if you focused on the negative in that situation, you would have overwhelmed yourself. You would have thought, how on earth am I going to move countries when I don't speak the language, don't have money in in the bank? You, You probably wouldn't have gone through it. Falling in love with the process rather than the outcome because we can't control very much in life. We can hope, we can aim for big things, we can, you know, hopefully they do work out, but we can only control so much. So fall in love with that process. That's right. And, and um, 
There's the positive and the negative of the the, the, yeah. the positive is the older you get, the more you understand the game. Mm-hmm. But the negative of it is you have to suffer to learn the lessons, regardless if it's business, love, friendship, partnership, whatever it is, you, you will uh, go down before you go up, and you need to, you need to go down before you go up because you need to understand the negative to appreciate the positive. You see, need to see the dark to see the sunshine, and all of these are just lessons in life. You know, you have to lose a game to know how to ex- appreciate to win the game, and so on. And I always said to people, life is a bitch, regardless. It's a boxing match. It's many rounds. Sometimes you get you get punched punched in. You have to stand up and get get up for the next round. And hopefully you're going to win at the end of of the match. And that's the way it is. It's a roller coaster of opportunity, a roller coaster of of craziness. But you've got to be able able to be strong to stay on top, because at the end of the day, what can happen to you? What's the worst that can happen to you? Is death. You're gone forever. But otherwise, what is it? Money? Friendship? Um, all of that you can fix. It's all, it's all something that you can fix. You don't necessarily need money to be happy. It helps, I'm sure. But happiness is not a number. Happiness is a feeling. It's how you feel in you. And, and making decisions, you can ask, uh, psychiatrists, you can ask your best friend, you can ask your parents uh, to make decisions. Your decisions are here, in your chest. But you don't, you don't know that when you're 20 or you, when you're 30. You know that when you're 45, 40, 50, you know, and, and that's why it's nice to be sharing this. It's so powerful what you're saying and, and you know what, I, I just, and I often talk in, the, I do a lot of talks in mental health and one of the, the key things I'll try and say, you know, I'm, I'm still learning myself and, um, you know, failing at lots of things, but um, I'll say instead of reframing your mind how you look at failure and don't look at failure as even calling it the word failure, I look at failure now, I'm like, when I fail, I learn. So if I'm going and doing a new, you know, pursuing something new, there's two outcomes that could happen. I'm either going to actually get the desired outcome I'm, I'm aiming for, or if I fail, I'm going to learn. So I'm going to either get the desired outcome or learn something from this. Either's positive. Why, 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 did, why did this business fail? Why did it fail? And then you find out why. And when you do another one, you make sure you tick the, those boxes. I opened a restaurant with George Columbaris in, in Melbourne, about five or six years ago. We spent a lot of money, fit out, beautiful. We invited 300 people at the launch, champagne flowing, very exciting, uh, big restaurant, 150 seaters, 200 seaters. Four months later, we had uh, uh, a critic who came in and destroyed us because of that and other mistakes that we've done. Uh, we just, the business just didn't turn around. And after four months, my business partners turned around to me and said, we have to close. And I'm like, you, you, you're kidding me. I said, come on, we've only been open four months. So surely we can turn this around. He said, you know, we've put a lot of money in. Um, it doesn't look good. Blah, blah, we, we're closing. And I, that was the worst time of my life. Um, 
And as a grown-up man, I was uh, destroyed. Uh, I was crying like a baby. Uh, I couldn't understand. My brain was was in a cloud. Uh, uh, and my business, uh, um, my manager and I were, were together in this as well. And we were just like, and I went through depression for five months. My my wife was uh, pregnant at the time. She gave birth to my beautiful daughter. I was a dick of a dad. I wasn't there because I was, I was in a bad place. I was in a dark place and I was horrible. I was horrible to my wife. I was horrible to my child. And I don't know, something clicked, but I, I've, I've had a lot of support from, from her. She was still hanging out, trying to help me, even though that I was, you know, a bit of a dick. And my friends were there as well. And suddenly just kind of the clouds started to disappear. And I just went, just get on with it, you know, and I went back to do the next project. And because all I was looking is what I didn't get, what I felt at, instead of looking at everything else I had around me. I had a great TV career. I had a beautiful wife. I had two beautiful kids. I've got a, a, a beautiful house. Uh, and all of this, and all of this just disappeared then. And it just suddenly cleared out and, and realized what I had instead of what I'd lost. And I did another business a couple of years ago, which uh, again didn't last long. It lasted 12 months. But I, I got out clear-minded uh, and cleared the debts in a year. And, and it was so much a better relief, I suppose. And and then I went back into another business straight away. My wife said, what the heck are you are you doing? I said, no, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I just needed to just get on with stuff, I suppose. And yeah, I think... I think now I'm, I'm a, my, my head's clearer and I make decisions better and I understand more business as well. Yeah, yeah, you learn from it. But I think the bigger lesson, like, uh, I mean, and, and the, the, the great point you're making is when these things happen, and I've had so many of these happen where I can think back a few years ago when the I thought everything in my life was, you know, set on the trajectory it was going to go go on. And within a two-month period, I had this breakup, heart was broken, thought I was going to marry this girl, business fell apart that I thought was going to be my future. Um, and I just crumbled. And it was because I had attached everything to that. But looking back now, I'm so grateful all of that fell apart because it's led on this completely different path and, you know, opened up all these other doors. But I think the bigger the bigger lesson, um, like what you're saying there is, yes, we're going to learn um, to of how to be more successful in whatever it is we do later, but the biggest lesson is not being attached to, you know, the positives or the negatives. No matter how successful we become, even if, you, you know, you become a billionaire, if we're attached to the figure that I need to be, my self-worth is tied to me being a billionaire. You're going to think, okay, there's someone else out there that's richer than me. I need to make more money. I'm not happy. So it's about being ambitious, but also being okay with ourselves. And like you said before, reminding ourselves, what are we grateful for? What, what, what's good in our lives right now, rather than always needing more things to feel better about ourselves? You're right, and, and and at the moment, I've, I don't know if you're aware, but I've got my source range in uh, Woolworth. I've been working on the project for five years, and it's finally on the shelf. It's been on the shelf for eight months, and I feel, even though it's on the shelf, I feel like I'm on the roads, and there's many traffic lights, and I'm getting a red traffic light every time I get to the traffic light. It's red, but it doesn't stop me to 
just get on with the road, you know what I mean? Because that's, it, it is frustrating, uh, but unfortunately, this is the way it goes. If you've got to follow your dreams, regardless if it's, nothing's, nothing's easy, because if it was easy, we would all be doing it. I think about this with, you know, the, I've been pursuing acting for five years, and basically, if you want to be an actor, you, ba- you get rejected for a living. You, you go, you be vulnerable, put yourself out there. When I'm overseas, I'm auditioning five, six times a week. You don't hear anything unless it's a yes. So you've got to, re- you've got to keep reminding yourself, everyone would be doing this if it was easy. It's not easy for a reason. So are you willing to go and do what it takes to get there and just keep pushing? And, and it's a thing that, you know, I wanted to ask you about before, you know, just looking at everything you've done. It, you know, to me, it's, as an outsider, it's just like, how the hell have you, you know, you've done so, even just on TV alone, there's so many different projects. You're, um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, you're a judge on Australia's Got Talent now. I mean, that's probably another whole new experience again for you. Like, as an outsider, it's like, how, how does this guy just keep going and going and going and going? And how do you, I guess one of my questions is, how do you manage when I'm sure that in any given week, you've got lots of projects on the go, you've got your TV commitments, how do you not get overwhelmed and stay focused and make sure you're doing the right things for it? Because that's hard. Soul Trader for the work-life balance sheet. Very early on when I started TV, I decided to, uh, to have a, a PA who basically dealt with all my, my, uh, my daily chores, I suppose. So uh, I can only look at my phone and my calendar and I know where I've got to be, when, how, why, and so on. So um, just having another person to kind of organize my life kind of frees a lot of, you know, my, my head, I suppose, and I can deal with uh, my family and so on. Um, but then this person became my business manager because now I've got Manu's brand, I've got the source brand, I've got a warehouse which I'm building at the moment, It's which is a function room, uh, and then I've now got another PA so now I've, I've you, you have to have a team, you can't just do it by yourself, so basically it's not one, one man band you know, you I'm the singer, I need a drummer, I need a guitarist I need vocals, and that's how it works, you, you, you have to surrender yourself with more talented people than who you are so I don't have to deal with all the nitty-gritty. So when I walk on, on set, that's what I've got to think of. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, a, it's such an important lesson. It's something I learned in business. Um, early on, I was trying to do everything, and you, you, you can't do it. You need to team up. You need to recognize what's my talent, what, am I, what, what do I excel in, how can I set up a, a situation where I can um, hyper-focus on getting incredible at what I'm good at and then have people that are amazing at all the other areas to look after those parts of it? Like my, my business manager, who's, who used to be my peer, who's been with me 10 years, I call her the octopus. You know, She's got three brains, she's got eight bloody arms, and she's, un- she's able to... To just to do everything for me, which is absolutely amazing because she's so dedicated and we are, we best mates, you know, we, she knows me inside out, you know, she can even reply to Q&As for me without talking to me and so on. So it's, it it is brilliant to, to have someone like this. And, and it's the same in every business, you know, You, you may have the idea and the concept. But you, there's, there's so much more than the idea and the concept. There's this, 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 mm-hmm. this and that. 
And you have to employ those people that are really good at that to make it happen because mm-hmm. you know, no one's good at everything. How, how difficult, um, and I think you've sort of answered it in a, a few of the things you've talked about, but how, how difficult is change? I mean, we all face change. I, I think from in your life, you've moved overseas multiple times, you've started different businesses, your career, so many things. How, how hard do you find change? I don't find change hard, to be honest with you. I find change exciting. Change change can be hard if it's been pushed on you, regardless of you making the decision. If it, if you make this decision to change, it's it's an easy thing to do because that's what you want. If it's been pushed on you, that's why it becomes hard because that's why you start getting lost and say, oh my God, what, what? And, and that's what happened with, with the restaurant in Melbourne with George is it, it, we, it got closed. So I was just like, what am I going to do? And, and the way it got closed is it was, personal to me because I was criticized as a chef. I was criticized as a business owner. I was criticized uh, as something I had worked all my life being a chef. And I thought that I will never be able to ever open a restaurant again because of that stigma that was stuck to me, you know, and that was a big, 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 long you know, five months to recover, uh, recover from it and discover myself again, saying, all right, I might not do a restaurant, but people bloody appreciate me on the screen. So why don't I concentrate on that? And, and st- you know, I still got a foot in the door when it comes to food. So, you know, you don't have to own a restaurant. What, what, who says that you have to? So it's, it's change, change can be hard if, if it's not your choices there. You know, we can uh, in life have a pretty set mind about where we want to go, but it's almost net. We're almost always going to have to pivot. So it's being clear on what the general goal is, but also being adaptable. That okay, that might not work, but you know what? What's the other avenue I can quickly go down, or where can I take these same skill sets and apply them in a different realm, or whatever it is? Like it's we can't be set on one specific way of doing it. That, that's right. Uh, you know, I, you know, there's only thing that stop us really. It's mm-hmm. ego. It's ego. Ego and, and, and we constantly, uh, worry about what everybody has got to think about us. It, it's so hard. Like what I find hard is, um, I've gotten a lot better with it, but with ego, it's like, and I, you know, similar to you, I'm very ambitious. I want to do things and I keep trying and pushing myself and to compete, if you're competitive and you're competing in these industries full of egos, but you're trying to also keep that balance, how do you find that balance of, you know, keeping the ego at bay while pushing? Because you know what, Nick, you don't have to compete. Just be yourself and yeah. do what you what you do well. And that, that, I've always said this, an example, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10, why do they compete? They should be working together. They, they'll have a better success. It's having having three restaurants on one street, one Italian, one French, one Chinese. All right, one close on Monday, one close on Tuesday, one close on Wednesday. Why? Because they're helping each other to keep the customers in. They don't close at the same time, so the, the busy the street is always busy. Competition is is the worst thing. Just be yourself and do what you do well. In life. No matter what decision we make, there's going to be good and bad outcomes. So we've got to be 
realize in society that there's no such thing as perfect and it probably feeds back into this whole ego competitive thing like you're saying you want to do something just do it who cares what anyone else is doing do it because you enjoy it you love it it really doesn't matter what the outcome is just go and you know do things for yourself uh and of 2018 i was uh weighing 107 kilos i was like pretty big um again it was a a a mixture of working hard not doing well in business eating a bit too much drinking a bit too much not caring about myself enough and i turned around to my wife i said january 19 uh, 2019 that's i'm I'm doing this so i took a 12-week challenge and i've never been a sport person, uh, physical stuff has never been me, uh, stopping food has never been me, uh, not drinking has never been me, but I did 12 weeks of that. Diet, five days a week at the gym, no booze, lost 12 kilos in a space of 12 weeks. And I didn't do it for my image, I do it for my head. And I tell you what, Nick, it's been a year and a half and I still do five days a week sport and I still keep the weight down because it feels good in here. I I train every day or six days a week and for the exact same reason as you, I come from a competitive sporting background. That's why I started doing it. But I, nothing helps mental, my mental health more than movement. And I think it's such a powerful thing. And um, I think that's such a great message you're saying. You're doing it not not because you, you know, care you attaching it to how it's going to make you look at the end of the day it's a bonus you look good that's that's the cherry on the cake but before you look good it makes you it makes you feel good before you look good actually you know you still if you're still not in shape but you you you, every every day you come back from the gym or boxing or cycling you come back and go you know you you just you, you get into that shower going yeah you know you start the day wicked you know this is a funny thing. If you're attaching something, if you're looking at, I want to get a six pack or something, or but you and you're training purely for that reason, you're probably not going to stick to it because after. And I've seen friends do this. They do it for two weeks. Ah, oh, this is painful. I, you know, there's not enough meaning attached to it. If I remove all of that meaning and say I'm just going to exercise daily because I it makes me feel so good, and that becomes part of what you do the end outcome is you probably get the six pack anyway. So it's like, you know, change, reversing how we like look at these things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, um, I'm dreaming of the six pack, mate, but uh, I don't know if it's going to happen <laughs> because, you know, I, I care, I care, I care more about my, my food because that's, that's what makes me happy as well. You know, it's um, about balance. It's not about doing everything perfectly. And it's like, there, I can't count how many diets there are out there and, and they, they can be overwhelming. And a lot of people will go and try one of them and they stick to it for a little bit, try a new thing. It's like, it's about creating what can I uh, do on a day-to-day basis that's manageable and enjoyable enough for me that I can stick to long-term, you know? Like if you, if you, don't, if you hate doing it or it's painful, you're not going to stick to it. Uh, and the world is enjoyable. And, uh, and yeah. uh, we, we always call those a diet, but they're not really a diet. They're, they're a lifestyle, uh, which yeah. means it's changing the lifestyle you used to have. So it's yeah. up to you to uh, embrace that new lifestyle or just 
bugger it, I can't deal with that lifestyle, you know. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's, it, is, it, is, it is one or the other, but um, you, you, yeah, at the end of the, you've got to enjoy what you do. It's very important. Soul Trader for the work-life balance sheet. In the cooking industry, the you know you, you hear about a lot of chefs um, either burning out. I mean, even suicide in that industry because of the. I mean, I, I'm guessing it's because, and from what I've learned about it, because it's so competitive, cutthroat. The hours are long. The pressure's huge. Is this something you've seen with a lot of chefs? And how how do you navigate that in that industry? Yeah, it's. Um the problem is, is, is restaurants are hard to run. Yes. But we, you know, those people have been running restaurants for a very long time. So it's, it's always been that way, but it's just the margins are, are so small. It's not even worth running in restaurant anymore because those people probably, they put their ass on, on, on yeah. to buy a, 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 a business and so basically they're taking away the roof over the top of their families and so that's that's the, that's the pressure that those people are going through I, I just want to scream at people saying it's okay it's okay you know just start again just buy yourself a, a one bedroom flat with your three kids if you have to and and build again I I, I I split up with my first partner at the age of 35 and I thought you know, I, I had no money whatsoever. It was before the TV stuff, so I had no money. Um, and I went to a, one, a, a bed seat, one bed, a small kitchen and a small bathroom at the age of 35. I was living like uh, uh, 20 years old and I had to share my bed with my four-year-old kids every weekend and it was horrible and you feel terrible you know but a year later i was able to have a two-bedroom flat two years later i was able to have a four-bedroom house it's it you go through horrible times it's not the end of your life the thing we need to keep reminding ourselves is exactly what you're saying whatever pain we're going through whatever difficulty it is that's right now it's not nothing is forever and life is always going to be up and down. Uh, so we've got to remember that and think, okay, yeah, it might be hard. Things might not be ideal. Remove your ego. Who cares? Everyone at different times has good and bad things happen. What can I actually do right now to just try and take the steps forward? And how do I, and just keep reminding myself what I'm grateful for and uh, what, you know, what I need to do daily to try and get, get back to where I want to be. And you are the only one that can fix things. Don't expect yeah. help, you know. Yeah. yeah, you can talk to people to uh, empty your chest so you can liberate yourself of your anger and your frustrations. Yes, but those people are not going to help you. You can help yourself. Stop, stop beating yourself up. Just get up, be strong, and... and Take a piece of paper, take a pen, put the pros and cons and try to eliminate the cons and, 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 and start working on the pros. It's easier than said than, than done. I know that. But frankly, there's only one person that can help you. It's you. No. And, and you know what? Like, that's the thing with this. It's like, it actually, it's very hard to do, but it actually is logical and it's simple. We look at everything in, okay, what can I control? I, there might be a few things. Okay, I'm going to really focus on that. What can I not control? All these different areas. Okay, you know what? I can't control them. 
If I sit there and think about all these different things I can't control for one hour, 10 hours, two weeks, it's actually not going to change it. It's going to make me feel worse. Remove that, focus on what we can control, and it's practice. The more we can practice these things, uh, and like you say, I love the points you're making about, and this is so true, uh, we can't rely on any anyone to do anything for us or to change our mind. It's about f- listening to our gut, you know, like you're saying, your gut often tells you what the best decision is. Following that, uh, I, I know for me, again, you know, things like because I do these things that I love doing every day, just exercising, going for a walk, drinking a coffee, you know, when you are allowed to go to a cafe. Just, I love just sitting in a cafe and having a coffee, seeing life around me. These are things that you don't actually, even if you don't have a lot of money or your life isn't where you want it to be, you can still do them every day. People can't take those away. Have things like that that you can do. So that when things do, you know, go bad, it's like, well, you know what? I can still do these things that make me feel good every day. It empowers you. Soul Trader for the work-life balance sheet. Is there any there other any current, current projects, projects we can direct, direct people, people to? And, and yes, we'll put links I've got, to um, I've got go. a warehouse that I've bought a few years ago uh, in Botany, uh, in Sydney. Um, and it's a multifaceted business. It's a, it's a, f- a function center. Uh, but it also got, uh, it's also built to, to do a filming in, in a kitchen. It's also got a commercial kitchen to run, uh, functions like weddings and, and brand, brand, um, launching and so on. Um, I've built, I've built building for about a year now and it's about six weeks away. Um, and I'm very excited for the project. My wife is running the, the business. So again, you know, you've got to attach someone to that business so you don't have to run the whole thing. Uh, it's called La Botanique, Q-U-E at the end. Um, and as I say, it's, it's, um, Function Center, filming studios, still photography uh, for chefs and magazines and TV networks and so on. So uh, it's pretty much everything I've done in my life under the same roof. Manu, I, it means a huge amount to me having you come on here. I know you're going to help so many people through this conversation. You've actually really inspired me just having this talk and it's made me uh, excited about even some of the things I'm doing because I, you've reminded me about a lot of you know positive thinking habits. So thank you so much for coming on. It, it, it means a lot. Thank you for thinking of me and thank you for inviting me. And uh, it's been nice to catch up with you after all those years and maybe next time we'll have a beer. The biggest surprise from this interview was how open and honest Manu was. He shared personal stories, some of which he's not shared publicly, and he talked about his battles with depression. I found it refreshing to hear him talk so openly. One of the biggest things I took away from Manu was his passion. He's a larger-than-life character and can find the positive in almost anything. You genuinely feel it when you talk to him. I remember all those years ago when I was on Dancing with the Stars with him, how much of a presence he had. He's the kind of person you gravitate towards and he's always had the time for everyone. I feel like this has played a major role in his success both in business and on television. Having this attitude leads to people wanting to work with you and see you in a positive light. I love how Manu talks about falling in love with the process. In my mind, this is one of the most important factors for success when it comes to being an entrepreneur. If you don't enjoy the process, it will be next to impossible to succeed as success is made up of all the small daily steps. This is often the boring tasks that no one sees. Manu genuinely loves what he does for a living, so for him each step comes with a sense of joy. 
Yes, it may sometimes be boring, but even the boring tasks become more enjoyable when you're present and focused on the small daily steps rather than the end goal. You're also more likely to experience personal growth and feelings of accomplishment by taking on this attitude. I love the quote, progress, not perfection. Many of us are perfectionists, myself included, and it can at times be debilitating if we don't take action. Taking pride in your work's important, but not at the expense of staying stagnant. Again, if we're being too perfectionistic, we're likely going to miss the daily actionable steps that lead to progress. Momentum is so important when taking on entrepreneurial endeavors. Manu's overcome many challenges and talked about moving countries, working long hours and facing hardships. This really underscores the importance of resilience and staying true to yourself even in difficult times. A true measure of success is not how you respond when things are going well, but how you handle the difficult times. I found it powerful to hear how openly Manu talked about his depression and the many obstacles he's had to overcome. It was so relatable and serves as a really important message to anyone listening. We can often feel alone on our journey and ask ourselves the question, why do I find it so difficult? Or what's wrong with me? When the reality is everyone goes through ups and downs. How we respond is what sets us apart. Resilience has been such a common theme across these interviews, and this again underpins the importance of it. Manu speaks with such authenticity and advises against trying to be someone else to please others. It can be really difficult to stay true to yourself when you're struggling, but if you can, you'll be grateful in the future and you'll build self-esteem in the process. Manu also talked about embracing failure as a learning opportunity. He shared the importance of viewing failure as a chance to learn and grow. Understanding the reason behind failure can lead to improved decision-making in the future. The truth is we learn a lot more from failing than just getting our own way. We often hold ourselves back through fear of failure, but if we can embrace it, we'll greatly speed up our learning curve. Manu shared his personal struggles after a restaurant failure and demonstrated the significance of having a support system. He talked about appreciating what you still have, which helped in moving forward and making better decisions. It's natural to focus on negatives. This has evolved from fight or flight, but if we can recalibrate and use gratitude to focus on the positives, we'll see a profound difference. Manu also sees change as an exciting opportunity for personal growth and encourages being open to change, especially when it's a personal choice. Life will always ebb and flow. Nothing stays the same. Being open to change is critical for our growth. He's also become more health conscious and talked about taking care of his physical and mental health as a priority, especially through exercise. Part of this process involved Manu eliminating negative aspects from his life. When it comes to well-being, relationships and work, it's not just about what we do, but also about what we don't do, what we say no to and the boundaries we hold. Overall, I found Manu to show huge courage and persistence in the face of daunting challenges, which is essential for achieving goals and personal growth. He offered valuable life lessons on finding passion in work, embracing challenges, maintaining mental well-being, and pursuing happiness. His experiences and wisdom provide guidance for navigating life's journey with resilience and authenticity. Disrupt Radio, the voice of the business maverick. Jeff Bezos, Arianna Huffington and Phil Knight are three of the world's most successful business people. What are their secrets? What were they like growing up and what's it like to work with them? Global Disruptors with me, Rob Middle. 
is the podcast that gives you the backstory of the world's most successful people. Rod Little unlocks the struggles and success stories of some of the world's best-known entrepreneurs with global disruptors. The riveting radio series that delves deep into the world of extraordinary entrepreneurs. Global Disruptors explores the exceptional lives of the trailblazers who dared to defy the odds and rewrite the rules of the business world. What sets these mavericks apart? What secret source fuels their unwavering determination and grit? How do they keep their eyes on the prize, ignoring distractions and overcoming the toughest obstacles? Global Disruptors isn't just about the stories. We'll blend thoughtful analysis with moments of lighthearted humour to bring you the full inside scoop on these remarkable entrepreneurs, their triumphs, their struggles, and their indomitable spirit that propels them forward. Rod Little unlocks the struggles and success stories of some of the world's best-known entrepreneurs with global disruptors. Only on Disrupt Radio.